starting with an arresting officer called Diaz, a prosecutor who didn't know the difference between 180 degrees and 360 degrees, and a juror who said, I think he done it, but I don't want him going to prison for it, then voted not guilty, leading to the prisoner escaping sentence. The police foul-up in the book, which allows Tommy Watkiss to go free, actually happened during my trial, but in real life, no one noticed except we jurors. I took lots of notes about the Old Bailey, its interior layout, security issues, the route from the courtroom to the jury room, and was stopped one day by a security guard as I left the building. He asked to see my notes, seemed horrified by them, and tore them up in front of me. I thanked him and stepped outside, where I proceeded to write them all down again as he watched helplessly through a window. Tooth and Nail is notable for introducing the character of Morris Gerald Cafferty, a.k.a. Big Jer, the gangster who runs Edinburgh. In this book, he has a cameo only, but it was enough to persuade me that I could do more with him. I also started to introduce Scottish words into the text, perhaps to ensure that I wouldn't lose them entirely. After all, living in rural southwest France, I had few opportunities to say things like Wersh, meaning sour, winching, going steady, and hulit, drunk. In time, some of these words would even start to creep into the Oxford English Dictionary, with the Rebus novels cited for reference. Crivens. Having said in the diary entry quoted above that I should plan more and research more, I should confess here that the lengthy list of acknowledgements at the end of the book version of Tooth and Nail, is actually an extended joke. Each recipient is a friend of mine, and I just wanted to sneak as many of their names into the book as I could. Steve Adams and Fiona Campbell, for example, were our next-door neighbours in Tottenham, while Tyree McGregor and Don Nicholl had been literature postgrads during my own time at the University of Edinburgh. Professor J. Kurt, however, deserves special mention. He's my mate John Kurt. I shared a flat with him for an intensely boozy year when I was a post-grad and he was finishing his MA. As well as being a student, John was part-time barman at the Oxford Bar. Without him, I might never have found what was to become Rebus's favourite watering hole. I rewarded John with a professorship in Tooth and Nail and would later turn him into Dr Kurt, pathologist and friend of Rebus, in many of the later novels. The book also contains one of my favourite one-liners in any of my novels. I won't give the game away here, but watch out for mention of a nudist beach. Tooth and Nail by Ian Rankin Read by James McPherson She drives home the knife The moment, she knows from past experience is a very intimate one Her hand is gripped around the knife's cool handle and the thrust takes the blade into the throat up to the hilt until her hand meets the throat itself. Flesh, 
upon flesh. The knife is writhing, warm blood covering hilt and hand. The other hand covers the mouth, stifling screams. The moment is complete. A meeting, touching. The body is hot, gaping, warm with blood, seething inside as insides become outsides, boiling. The moment is coming to an end all too soon. And still she feels hungry. It isn't right, isn't usual, but she does. She removes some of the clothing, removes more perhaps than is necessary, and she does what she must do, the knife squirming again. She keeps her eyes screwed tightly shut. She does not like this part. She has never liked this part. Not then, not now, but especially not then. Finally, she brings out her teeth.